You're listening to Our Two Cents with the team from SGL Financial, building wealth for life. Steve Lewitt is the president of SGL Financial and Gabriel Lewitt is the CEO. They're here to discuss all the latest in financial news, trends, strategies, and more. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Steve Lewitt here. Uh, my son, Gabriel, said, Dad, why don't you take the lead this morning? <laughs> you were chomping at the bit last week. I was chomping last you week. Said, I you said, to how take... come I never get to take yeah, the lead Yeah, I wanted here. to tell you. So good morning, everybody. We have a great show for you today. We're going to cover a lot of territory. We're going to talk a little about the recession. We're going to talk about behavior finance. We're going to talk about the best dog food out there what plant-based food is all about, and the great first step by Amazon. Gabriel, wow. do you want to add to that? I thought you did a phenomenal was job. That? Everybody, that was did I, did I excite everybody? I'm excited. I'm excited, too. You got us juiced up here. <laughs> is that, now, we have to ask what juiced up means. It means excited. Excited, yeah, okay. Of course. Because everybody right now is talking about all the marijuana well, uh, apparently, I just, is that. I just heard Buffalo Grove, which is our hometown, apparently legalized this. Yeah. Approved it or something like that. I, I didn't look it up. Somebody just told me this so, the other day. So as an aside, folks, since in we're talking. In Lake, and apparently Lake Zurich or somewhere else where they lived didn't, and they were very upset. Yeah. Since we're talking <laughs> about being juiced up, uh, the profits that pe a lot of people expected to make in marijuana business is not happening. Mm-hmm. And what's happening out there, for those of you that are into marijuana, one way or another, uh, because there's so much government control out, out there that uh, the businesses aren't able to reap as much profits or expand as quickly as possible. So there are a lot of folks that invested in marijuana, but did not see, have not yet seen the results well, that they yeah, It's they still very for. early in that uh, industry, so, you know. So Even it, when Amazon was just selling books, people thought maybe it wouldn't go anywhere. Who knows? So That's it why be, it's speculative. Would it be a fair to say there was a recession in marijuana yet? I don't think I, don't I would think quite so. go that far, but uh, it's, I think it's in its baby phases, and who knows whether or not it'll turn into a, a giant beast of a business or uh, just stay a little kitten. But speaking, this was a transitional statement. Speaking of recession, <laughs> <laughs> that was. I see where I see what you did there. That was a terrible transition. <laughs> but speaking of recession, uh, Bloomberg does a annual. Well, they do it monthly. Actually, they have a recession tracker, mm -hmm. uh, which is supposed to predict recessions. You know, there's a lot of talk about recession now. A lot of the underpinnings of the economy are still strong mm -hmm. but slowing down a lot of political contention uh, a lot of trade talk we'll see what happens there and bloomberg is saying within the next 12 months and this actually surprised me gabriel because they're saying the chances of recession hit 27 percent mm. which is higher than it was in their previous month but much lower than i thought it would be yeah, I mean, you definitely, depending on who you listen to, where you go, where you get your data and news, you're going to get all sorts of different opinions on whether or not we are nearing a recession. 27% uh, is what they're saying here at Bloomberg is, uh, you know, by all accounts on the low side. They are. I they mean, if you had a 27% chance of winning something, uh, that's pretty low. 
compared to, you know, 50, 75 percent chance of a recession would be pretty high. That's right. So I think it's just interesting because you never know what to believe. And of course, the fundamental tenet of good financial planning is being prepared for, you know, more of the worst case scenarios. So I still say to all of our clients, look, we've we've been at the end of nearing an 11 year bull market run. Uh, S&P is now approaching or just passing its all time highs. Uh, it's still good to stress test your portfolio in case there was a recession in the next year or two, just to see how you would perform if you're in that retirement risk zone, as we always call it, where if we have a downturn in the market right as you're nearing or in your first five or 10 years of retirement, uh, what that can do to your portfolio. So you want to protect yourself against that. But it's interesting. Nevertheless, I think it's a good thing if the economy continues to grow. I mean, for everybody, obviously, um, long term, that's what we all want and all what we all expect. So uh, be prepared for that worst case scenario. But if it continues to grow and the economy continues to expand at its slow but steady pace, that's a that's a great thing. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, behavioral finance, but there's something called herding, H-E-R-D. Hurting? Herding. Hurting? Herding could hurt. <laughs> um, I was just testing. And, there. you know, we, we gave a seminar last night, Gabriel, and uh, – you know, I was asking, for, we were talking about the market and what would happen, and I, I was kind of amazed that, uh, you know, I said, well, guys, what do you think? You think the market will have, will have a recession in the next year or two? And most folks there didn't think, or they're nervous about a recession, uh, they're concerned about a recession, and when I said, well, what are you doing about it? They said, well, w- w- nothing, because everything is good right now. Well, it's almost like, you know, a... Uh if you see a storm, you know, they track the big storms, you know, near in the uh, Atlantic and you see it on the horizon, you see it coming closer and closer, but you never know whether or not it's going to make land or just stay out there in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of w- what I feel like this recession is right now. I, it, we see it out there. We see signs of the economy slowing down. Uh, you, you hear it, see it churning out there, building up waves, but we don't know if, when, if or when it's going to hit land. That's this, a, this storm. I love that know. visual because when I look out there, especially when you look uh, overseas, mm-hmm. internationally, I mean, there are, there are lightning clouds out yeah. there. Uh, yeah. And they haven't hit here yet. And uh, the question is, is will they? Will it? Or will this one dissipate? Or will it just pass? A year or two later, uh, maybe a new storm approaches. So, you know, guys, that's always the thing, right? If you see a big storm, if you live in Florida or have a home in Florida, you see a storm on the horizon, you, you get the house prepared, you put the shutters up. Or close the shutters and board up the windows. Uh, so you, you're ready just in case or you, you stock your shelves. That's kind of the idea of from a financial planning perspective. Guys, we're financial planners. We want to have our clients have rock-solid retirement plans. Uh, that's what you need to do is if, if you're not certain what will happen to your money if this were to occur, that's why you give us a call. And there's always something that pops up well, right now. A lot, there's a lot of question. Uh, if this impeachment thing, which is in process, but if it really happens and there's a trial, how will that affect the economy and how will that affect the market? Yeah, that's one of those unknowns. That's one of those unknown variables. And we can all just wait and see on that one because we don't know what's going to happen. He could get impeached. He may not be impeached. Uh, Nobody knows. We don't dive onto either sides on the politics spectrum here, but uh, certainly that could have some um, impact or reverberations throughout the economy. 
and the marketplace. Yeah, so technically uh, yields are low. Uh, Trump is pushing for negative interest rates to help support the economy. Yeah, we, and we've talked about that. Maybe not the best idea. Not the best. Uh, well, yeah. the, uh, there's no, lower interest rates aren't going to have anyone do anything because of the trade talks, because people don't want to invest in the future. Right. Uh, so that's not going to help. Uh, people are trying to figure out if the recession is going to be shallow or deep. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm an economist. and the, Real, the, we, uh, we, we know, know that. We do, because so you love the economy. I do. So things about economists is that they always say, what if? <laughs> <laughs> what if this and what if that? So you've got them all out there saying, yeah. well, what if uh, the economy's bad? What if it's good? But nobody can really tell. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. I know you just had a, uh, a client the other day. Uh, people still come to us and they say, well, we think we think it's coming. And so we want to get more conservative. Right. So those are those examples. If you've got any what ifs in your mind and you want us to help you with them, um, we're here for you. But, uh, Dad, I, I thought when you mentioned this behavioral finance, it's such an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. And we love talking about it. I mean, half of our industry and our field here is not just financial planning, it's behavioral planning. And that's such an, in, in fact, there's studies done by uh, Vanguard, by Morningstar that talks about the value that a financial advisor brings. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times people say, you know, what do, what do I get for my fee, right? And we talk about all the practical things, you know, portfolio management, financial planning, ongoing guidance, taxes, conversions, you name it, all these different things that we do to, to justify the fee that we pay. Uh, to provide true value there. But one of the biggest ones that these studies have shown is our guidance from a behavioral finance perspective. It adds so much value that people don't really think about. So yeah. you, you want to talk about that, I think. Well, I do. Uh, great yeah. transition. Better than my better than my original Well, I have transition. been doing most of the shows as the, the host, and I'm, I'm trying to let you steer, and I just I'm took over. I'm a little over. nervous. I just took over. I, I got to let you. You did. You should have been the one. To, uh, is, that, is that what I do to you? I don't, you know, I'm just so used to it. It was natural for me, but you should be, the, I'll let you, sorry, you're back in the driver's I seat. I want you to know this. Gabriel's with me uh, 15 years. He's a full partner in our company here. Uh, but talking about taking over, he was here like three months and he said to me, Dad, let me show you how to run the business. <laughs> I, you t I used to be a little headstrong maybe back in the day. Just a little. <laughs> uh, so Still probably am, I guess. So, so there's this whole sector of economics called behavioral economics and that ties into behavioral finance, and it's how do people behave about their money uh, in different circumstances. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are four keys to this. The first one is herding, H-E-R-D-I-N-G, where people tend to follow what other people are doing. That's why, Gabriel, when the market drops, a lot of people sell. You know why they sell? Because other people are selling. Yeah, they follow the, hey, boy, they're at a party, and, hey, have you sold out? I think the market's going to tank and they sell well people you know it, here's why i mean i'm not a i'm not a um, psychologist or a, a a true expert on this but i i have real world experience and here's why people do this you just mentioned at a party or at a thanksgiving or at christmas or who, wherever right and if you if all your family members and friends are like man i just got out of the market i'm feeling you know it's hard to stand up there and be like no, I'm staying in because, you know, because of X, Y, Z reasons. We, we want to always have people think we're smart and like us and think we're doing the right things. And a lot of times it, that means going with the grain instead of against it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it's just easier. There's less friction and resistance to just do what other people are doing. And then you at least feel like, hey, if they're wrong, 
uh, we're all wrong, right? You know, you know, you don't want to be the person that's wrong when everyone else is right. So it's easier to just go along with what everyone else is doing. Exactly. And that does not always work in your favor. <laughs> it does not always it work in your favor. It might feel good, but it doesn't work in your yeah, favor. Yeah, and, and part of it is, like, for example, if you go back to 2008, at you know, the bottom there where people – what were people doing there, Dad? They, you know, the market's been declining. The S&P went down 50%. You're at these parties. Everybody's saying they did what? Most people. At the party? Well, not at the, what well, they were doing party? at the party. What, the, what were they doing at the, with their investments if you were talking about it? You know, market's going down, market's they sinking. They were selling. They were selling, right? Yeah. And so, Un- unless it was a marijuana party. I don't think there was there wasn't available many of back those then. back then. Yeah. Oh, no, uh, they were selling. Uh, yeah. They, they got scared. And so when most people were selling, th- that's what everyone did. So, And the challenge with that is actually if you look behaviorally, that makes sense. But if you look in retrospect now at actual data and logic – uh, it says if you had sold at the bottom or even towards the bottom and then waited even as little as one year or six months before you got back in, you were down, uh, by this point, hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially compared to the person that just stayed in. That's right. And so this is that juxtaposition between behavioral finance, which says follow our emotions, do what other people do, uh, let's not look silly, but more, we were just talking about how that can hurt you. This is an example, data-wise, of where and how that can. Exactly. And what feeds into that is uh, this other thing called mental accounting. Mm-hmm. And mental accounting is, let's say you buy a stock uh, and, and it's just not doing well, but you love that stock. You're going to hold on to that because you mentally account for that stock at that price that you bought it. And, you, and inside, you refuse to take a loss because, first of all, you've got the mental accounting for it. And then another piece of that is you have overconfidence or high self-esteem that you don't want to see lost. So you hold on to the stock, even though logically it makes no sense to hold on to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many of these behavioral tendencies, and we just talked about two or three of them here, but there's, there's actually many, many more. And what's weird about them or interesting is they all actually kind of feed into each other. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people that follow the herd, you know, a lot of times maybe uh, they're lacking in the overconfidence bias. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one of the opposite ones. But you can see the interconnection. Right. In fact, if you're overconfident, you may not follow the herd because you're thinking you're smarter than other people and you know better than they do. That can go swing to the opposite end of the pendulum and actually be problematic because you're too confident. Exactly. You know, you think, you know, there's people that just swear they know better than the markets or the experts, and no matter what, they uh, they believe in their own capabilities. you got to be careful of that, too, because that can give you um, poor results also. Right. So, folks, what we do is we try to follow the research on everything. Uh, you know, the way we invest money is we call it evidence-based investing. It's not based upon making stuff up or trying to predict stuff. But what does the research, research say, yeah. say to do? Because, you know, if you follow just your emotions, you can get yourself into trouble on either end of the spectrum. Um, so the, the the safer way of doing that is following proven research and not just from one source or two sources independent research. independent research from multiple sources been validated multiple times historically uh and until we see the research start to shift and change we got to go with what's currently available that's going to provide us with the most 
uh, likely and highest probability of success over a long-term investment horizon. Yeah, and so, so we're so rooted in the research here. We help you, and this is a big part of what we do, I think, Gabriel, is we help folks stay on track to cushion their behavioral, uh, you know, leanings. Yep. And, and to keep them going according to yep. their plan. I'll give you a real-life example. I had a client just in here a month and a half or so ago, and we, we pull up her plan because when we do create a plan for you, what we do is anytime we have a question about what should we do with our money, uh, what is, you know, we say the very first thing is what does your plan show us? So I pulled up her plan on the screen, and she was wondering if she should get more conservative with one of her accounts because of what the markets are doing right now. We pulled up her plan, and it showed her not needing to touch that money for 20 years, mm -hmm. okay, within her plan. And so I looked at her and said, I, you know, I'll change her name, Alice. Okay, I said, Alice, your plan here says we don't, we're not planning on touching this money for yeah. 20 years. Yeah, that's right. So that's why we put it in a very aggressive stock account. You don't need to worry about what's going to happen to this in the next year, three years, five years, even seven years, because even if something happened to this money in seven years, you still got 13 years after that before we would even need to touch it. Yeah, and that's where good research so. <laughs> So when you do, a, like a lot of people ask us at seminars, you know, how can you, uh, we're worried about the market going down and uh, how can you help us protect against that? Right. And I said, well, if the market goes down, you're going to lose money. Everybody does. The question is, is why are you worried about it? Yeah. And, and that's the worry that creates bad behaviors in investing. Mm -hmm. So if well, you have a plan and it's a long, yeah. and you know that bucket is sitting there for 20 years, you put time on your side. Here's another real example I like to give, and it's a, it's a perfect example in the current environment, and then I'll be done. We, we should probably <laughs> move on to our next topic. But uh, the S&P 500, right now everyone's in love with it, right, that, that market index. Uh, large cap U.S. stocks, domestic stocks. Why? Because it's just been on a tear recently. But let's look at this index. It, this particular asset class has experienced some of the largest single calendar year declines in history, mm -hmm. you know, 57% in some years. But no one's going to look at this and say, man, I shouldn't be invested in this asset class, even though be, because it's had these massive swings, it's also still annualized over 10% historically. That's right. Okay, if you give yourself enough time. But in that year that it goes down 57%, guess what people are doing? They're freaking out They're and freaking selling. Out and selling. But if we build you uh, the right plan, right. that's going to provide you with guidance and discipline. That's the value that these research studies have shown advisors can help provide is that ability to prevent you from doing those things you shouldn't do, help in increase your probability of success. Now, Gabriel, speaking of important research. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Good uh, trend. That was an excellent, I like this. You're, I'm going to let you do this more often. It's, it's, easier, actually, for, it's, it's easier for me. <laughs> I'm starting to relax. Uh, so, uh, so we have very fussy dogs, and you do too. I do oh, have a, guy, well, my dog is not fussy. He's he's certifiable. <laughs> uh, yes, he is, there's folks. A, there's a difference. <laughs> that is, his dog is certifiable something. Uh, yes. So so my dogs are fussy, and uh, we get all kinds of ideas of what they should eat or what they shouldn't eat. And the last vet said, no, no more food. We, you got to put them on real food. So now we're cooking three-course meals. No, you're not. Oh, we are. No, you're not. And I said to my wife, I said, 
we're not. <laughs> I think I was spending 20 minutes cooking for the dogs. I don't even cook three-course meals for, for my kids. So, yeah, I cook them for you. <laughs> uh, well, you have been lately. Right. Uh, it's been very kind of you guys. Yeah, Thank I'm you. I'm going to do more Didi of that. Didi is in love with your meals. We don't That's have to great. cook as much. All right, now I have incentive, folks. <laughs> uh, so we, I found this art. I thought this was really interesting that, that rates the best dog food rated by veterinarians. And That's what I didn't know is that there are dog foods that do different. If you have dogs with skin ailments or stomach ailments, there's different kinds of dog foods, folks out there for your little dogs or your big dogs. Yeah, so you've got best dry dog food for sensitive stomachs. You know, dogs yes. have those too. Yes. So that's Hill's Science Diet. So that's a you can click a link on our uh, on our page here and you can see all these because we probably won't get through all of them. But you've got uh, dehydrated raw dog food, I guess, is a whole category I didn't even know existed. Yeah. Stella and Chewy's freeze dried raw. So this, these, this try is to wrap your head around this title. OK, here you go. Stella and Chewy's freeze dried raw Stella super beef dinner patties grain free dog food. Yeah. Can you say that again? Yes. Stella and Chewy's freeze-dried <laughs> raw right. Stella's. I don't know why you, you put the name twice in there. Stella's Super Beef Dinner Patties Grain-Free Dog Food. Yeah, so a vet says, look, if you don't want to cook for the dogs, get a freeze-dried dog food. But he said it freeze-dried dog food. That's all he said. Yeah. The number one dog food, Royal Canaan, which I never heard of. Me either. Uh, is the number one uh, nutrition Mini mature eight plus dry food from Royal Canaan. That was not a paid advertisement. Yeah, I I I actually just let my wife pick, and I don't have a single clue why she picked it, but I think she's using something from Rachel Ray or who knows. But uh, but our dog seems to like it, and uh, look, he's been through a few different diets in his days, and um, he always seems to like pretty much anything we put in front of him. I don't know if it's hard to know. Like, does this really make a difference? What do you think? I think it does. Joe, I our think producer, what do you think? The food make a difference? Have, yes. have you actually seen a difference in your in your animal? Like he's more peppy or? Uh, those uh, Chella, that Stella and Chewy's treats. Yeah. We actually put those in as um, adders and toppers mm. of his food because he actually has, um, uh, what do you call it, he's an artesian skin. Interesting. So you probably couldn't hear him say that that well. So he was saying the Stella and Chewy's, he's giving it two thumbs up. It helped prevent flaky skin. And dry skin, and am I saying that right? Yeah. So, so, so apparently this stuff does make a difference. Uh, I guess my dog, I don't know. Like I said, he's he's crazy, but uh, I need I need a dog food specifically to mellow him out. Uh, I think would be the great thing. Yes. Uh, now my dogs are getting older, and I think as the dogs get older, they digest differently. Mm. Uh, in fact, I'm very sad today because my dog had surgery yesterday. And I know, he, you were uh, saying that. He might not be doing too well, which I'm not looking forward oh, to. It's very sad when that happens. It, uh, it's a terrible yeah. thing, terrible thing. Now, speaking of food, mm. uh, I, you know, folks, I was on this keto diet, and then I, then I was on a different diet, then I was on a pescatarian diet, then I was on something else, and my kick right now is plant food. Yeah, I... <laughs> We go to lunch uh, <laughs> a couple days a week together, uh, Dad and I, and uh, yeah, he started eating all this. Uh, you've probably heard of it, Beyond and Impossible, the, the Impossible, uh, impossible it, it, basically the the fake the fake meat 
that is supposedly all plant-based. It's plant food. Well, it's plant-based. Yeah, so what? So Gabriel says to me, he says, Dad, did you ever look up what plant-based well, really because means? Because the ads are very misleading. So, like, there's the one from uh, Burger King, okay, the Whopper, you know, the Impossible Whopper. And it, uh, the people are like, I didn't even realize this was all made from plants. And they imply, like, you know, you're out there chopping down a couple uh, weeds or bushes or something <laughs> and <weed>. blending <laughs> them together, and it tastes, makes, like, a tasty burger. But, no, guys, this is a test, <laughs> a test tube plant. Well, it uh, is. But there are natural ingredients. But, folks, what I've found out is that there is a lot of test tubing uh, production going into the impossible Plant food. Yeah, this isn't like your uh, veggie burger where you're blending up carrots and, you know, real food to make a patty. They literally had to try to figure out how do I make a plant-based patty that actually, like, has red juices inside like real beef because they're trying to make it look like real beef. And that's very weird to me. Right. And if you're <laughs> and if you're into if you're not into GMO, if you're into yeah, non GMO, non GMO, yeah. uh, like the Impossible has uh, is genetically modified. Right. Um, soy legimoglobin. Let's try pronouncing that. Uh, so there's a, and then what really disappointed me on this, Gabriel, was that the fat content of the impossible foods is higher than a regular burger. Yeah, so I think the jury, look, you know, guys, I'm always, I'm a big skeptic. My my mother raised me, I think, very well nutritionally. She is very tried and true, you know, plants and fruits and stuff. And I'm always a big skeptic when it comes to uh, new stuff that's out there. And I, you know, for example, I, I'm not a smoker, but I see what's happening right now with the Juul and the, all the health scares from people that are using those vaping products. Because when they first came out, everybody was just, you know, rushing to say this is, you know, 10,000 times better than smoking cigarettes. And maybe it is. I don't know the specifics, but now they're saying, OK, hold on. You know, there might be some stuff here we want to be cautious about. So that's kind of how I feel about this Impossible Burger. I mean, it's a huge craze that's booming right now. And uh, the stocks are apparently set to to soar. And, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, people are, you know, big chains are jumping onto the bandwagon here because they don't want to be left out. But uh, I would just say be cautious because you just don't know really. I'm looking at the list here, right? You've got, yeah, soy legemoglobin, soy protein isolate, cultured dextrose, methyl cellulose, potato protein. Uh, so, yeah, there's, you know, soy. You know, you're not supposed to eat too much soy. Uh, as a side note, you know, a lot of these plant-based stuff is made from soy, and you got to be cautious how much soy you eat, at least from my research. So, yeah, you know, it's good. Look, if you're looking for something different and you want to mix this in once or twice a week, by all means, just I wouldn't treat it as a uh, – healthy substitute necessarily. So for lunch today, Gabriel, how about we go to... Let's get some Impossible Burger. What do you think? <laughs> no, I was going <laughs> to say, let's go get a steak or something like that. Oh, man. All right, last on my list is uh, the first. This is like the walk on the moon. Kind of. This is like the walk on the moon, folks. FedEx has delivered delivered its first commercial drone package. Mm. And this went to a someplace remote... In a f- on a farm someplace, but it's starting. It, it is. It is starting. I just can't imagine what this is going to look like as all these companies are delivering packages, you know, at night, 
dropping them by your doorstep with a drone. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm ready to see just drones dotting the sky everywhere. And, uh, you know, just like you hear these stories of, uh, you know, you know, birds hitting plane engines, you're going to have birds running into drones and your packaging get dropped. Uh, it'll be interesting. You're going <laughs> to have to contend. If you're a bird, it's not a good time to be yeah, a bird. So if there are 30 drones flying around your neighborhood. You're going to hear bzzz like yeah. all time. That would be very annoying to me. They better uh, keep that at a minimal. I don't want to hear well, I have, drones we buzzing have, in my backyard. We have backyard. a client with... Um, and if you're a privacy nut, you're going to be one of those guys with your shotgun on your back porch shooting them down like... Uh, like target, like this, what are those things, those clay uh, pigeons that you... Yeah, so we yeah. have a client that's with UPS was telling me all the stuff they're doing, the protection they have against people, you know, batting them out of the air and stuff like that. It's like, Well, what man. I'm curious about is, is there, because I haven't looked this up, is there any ordinances about, like, does it have to fly over main roads and then drop it on my front porch? I'm okay with that, but if it's like going to come hovering over my backyard where I normally have a lot of privacy and, you know, I, I wouldn't be as okay with that. Exactly. So yeah. it's, it's just interesting to see what will happen with it. Yeah, and then add to that that they just tested the first flying car mm. and I'd say in 10 years you're going to see flying cars. Well, I think it's okay if it's high enough above. Like, let's say it's, you know, a mile above and I can't hear it. I'm arguably yeah. okay with that, although the privacy nuts will still, you know, look, satellites can zoom in on you right now and take as many pictures as they want. Uh, Google Maps does it, literally, to map out your house and mm -hmm. satellite views. So, I mean, I guess privacy is already shot dead, but, <laughs> um, you know, who knows? It's, it, it'll be an interesting time. Very different times. are They, they say the times, they are a-changing. Well, folks, uh, our t speaking of time, yeah. changing, our time that is was, up. Our I, time you is up. spot on today I'm, with all the... I I'm working, it, I'm working it. on it. Very nice. Listen, Very nice. there, folks, there is a lot going out th on out there uh, with the markets, with the economy. If you're concerned, if you're worried, if you have this uh, feeling inside of yourself, you don't know what to do, you're not sure, come on in. Let us review what you're doing. Let us show you how to... If we haven't planned for you, if we have planned for you, let us. Uh, well, let's review the plan. Uh, if we haven't come in, and we'll help you plan. You should. There is no reason that you can't have peace of mind during these tumultuous times. Agreed. So, Thousand percent. So, on behalf of Gabriel and phone number myself, phone I'm, number. I'm going to give Web the the phone the website, number eight four seven four nine nine. Three 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 zero eight four seven four nine nine three 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 zero, and our web address is sglfinancial.com. Did I miss anything, Gabriel? Beautiful. You want to say goodbye for us? Well, I'll just say uh, you can say goodbye. For okay. Us. Goodbye you for gotta, us. You got to do the sign off. You all stay well, <laughs> stay good. We'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Our Two Cents with Steve and Gabriel Lewitt. For any questions about your finances, give SGL a call at 847-499-3330 or visit us on the web at sglfinancial.com and be sure to subscribe to join us on next week's episode.